0: what's up everybody and welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast we have a monday rundown a little early for you on a sunday today sean and i jumped right in we recapped the nba finals and gushed over steph curry for a little bit following that we talked a little bit of nba offseason stuff but there's going to be plenty of that coming along the way talked the great MLB NY teams, two best teams in baseball. After that, we talked to Sean Watson for two seconds, just had to do it, and then we finished it off with a little bit of golf. So follow us on Twitter at Sports and enjoy the pod. We will be back later in the week with some NBA draft stuff.
1: Sunday edition of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, we're here on Juneteenth and Father's Day, so happy Juneteenth and Father's Day out
0: there to everybody. Tom, how you doing today, man? Doing alright, man. Uh, I, I, everybody listening, I got a, finally got a new microphone for our uh, on-the-road setup, since our on-the-road setup is our normal setup now, I'm pretty excited about it. I hope I sound all better. Right. sound great. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember we bought that like $30 mic about what four years ago. Cause we were like, Oh, when we go on the road and then, you know, you moved COVID hit or COVID hit, then you moved. And now we just exclusively do this on the road. So I figured we needed to step up a little bit. So I picked one up yesterday.
1: I appreciate that, man. It sounds great. Um, can't wait to listen back and hear it and get the feedback from, from the audience. Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy how we have not done an in-person pod since, like, early March of 2020. Like, we were doing it remotely when we were a couple towns over from each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I mean, we we had just started doing that a couple times because we were getting busy and it made life easier. But then, you know, I'm glad we did because then it kind of made COVID as well as just, you know, you moving down there made us ready for it.
1: Absolutely. No, I think we've adjusted really well. So, um, hopefully you put that on the business expense and we'll get, you know, we'll get, a, uh, we'll get some relief from that.
0: <laughs> Don't work about it. uh, no, this, <laughs> this is, it's sweet. I like it. So it's awesome. no big deal. Plus, as you know, I told you I'm up like 1.5 K over the last week. So, you know, uh, the money's flowing in. Yeah, not, not yeah. to break. You brought it up. So I figured I'd just let you know. <laughs> Uh, Things are good here in Greenwich Except for the golf game Uh, But I'm going to leave that Yeah you played yesterday Yeah I think I might have broken my hand Because I punched the steering wheel And broke it on the golf cart I was very upset Um, But what can you do I've turned the page We're moving on We're going to talk about some golfers That are much better than me later on But first let's talk about a basketball player That might be better than me And that's Steph Curry
1: Maybe a little bit better
0: Unbelievable he has solidified himself in the top 10 for me.
1: He has. That's open-shut case.
0: I'm glad you're on the same page there. I think he's the second greatest point guard of all time at this point. I mean, that's the position he plays, so that's what I'm going to say. I know he's not a traditional point guard, but nor was Magic Johnson at six foot nine, right?
1: No, I mean, shit, Magic Johnson played center in his first ever finals.
0: And that is my number one point guard right there. And I guess we're burying the lead for those who live under a rock or something, the Warriors are your 2022 NBA champions. Um, I don't, I don't even know what to say. This may be the best run organization in sports right now, Sean.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they're not at the top, they are right there. Um, I I just look back at how many sliding doors there are, you know, having a couple days to look back and try to digest this and, and realize what we're watching. You know, it does have a little Spurs ish feel, you know, what the Spurs team did really from ninety nine to two thousand fourteen. Yeah, and the um, teammate
0: aspect with uh, with Tim Duncan and Steph being probably the two greatest basketball teammates ever.
1: Right. I mean you had that you had that San Antonio run that really started with David Robinson and Duncan and then a transition to Manu and, and Parker, and then obviously eventually Kawhi and they had so many great integral pieces. All along the way from you know 99 to 03 and 05 and 07, and then it looked like they were kind of on the back burner, even though they were always in the playoffs. I guess that's the one difference. The Warriors had two years of basically bottoming out the worst record in the league, followed by being eliminated uh, in the play in tournament. Um, right, but this is this just shows that the infrastructure is as legitimately great as we've ever seen. Um, and I think there's a world in which San Antonio, if the Kawhi situation worked out better, that they would still be in the conversation for some championships. But, I mean, what this Golden State run has been over the better part of eight years is really just its really just remarkable, dude.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, a lot of things go into the NBA, the, a little bit of luck, a lot of sliding doors moments. I mean, Simmons said it on his pod when he did it right after the finals. And, you know, had, had Kevin Durant just left, they wouldn't have been able to get D'Angelo Russell, who they then traded for. Obviously, they got D'Angelo Russell in a sign and trade. Kevin Durant threw him a bone there, and that D'Angelo Russell at a pick turned into the second best player in the finals, in my opinion, in Andrew Wiggins.
1: Yeah, he. And by the way, I don't think it's just your opinion. He was the second best player uh, in the finals. You know, from from the beginning of the series on to Game Six. But you're right. I mean, that was something Durant certainly didn't have to do. He was going to sign in Brooklyn. But, again, I think it's a testament to how well run you know, Joe Lacob and Bob Myers and Steve Kerr all the way on down giving Kevin Durant that moment in his basketball life to sit back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy to help you guys out. And, obviously – what do you do with that asset once you get it? I think everybody and their mothers knew that D'Angelo Russell was not going to be part of the long-term solution there in Golden State, but to be able to have an asset like that that you're just waiting for the right team to call and it happens that you know Minnesota was in turmoil. You know what a surprise there, and him and Cat are best friends, and you have Wiggins who's kind of on the chopping block there, so you're able to take a guy who had a lot of really good raw talent right a number one overall pick and you put him into the infrastructure of golden state and a couple years later this is what you get
0: yeah betting on talent and and putting them in a better situation seems to always work out in the nba i'm interested to see what happens with eight if he goes to the right team i think the proof is in the pudding with with wiggins here and i, I mean he's probably a top 20 player in the league now right
1: let's see. He's an all-star this year, right? All-star starter starter this year. Yep, and now, you know, if it wasn't for Steph doing Steph things, he probably was, what, runner-up in finals MVP, I would say? Gotta be. Yeah, I would say probably top
0: 20 right now. I think that's fair. And just to put a bow on Steph, because he's one of the greatest players of all time, This, this, the loud minority of Steph haters, they're probably Russell Westbrook fans, this, with the finals MVP, I think this finally puts it to bed if it wasn't put to bed already I think it was in our eyes but now it definitely is that Steph is Steph
1: what's amazing about Steph is that he has so many traits that makes him one of the best of all time I mean a he changed the game everybody can acknowledge that he changed the game and when we were going nuts over Dame hitting half court shots a couple years ago and you see Jordan Poole doing it a bunch of other guys in the league that's because of Steph Steph made that a regular thing Um, you know, he doesn't have the kind of body type or physique that is, you know, out of this world. He's not LeBron. He's not Durant. He's, he's the guy that most young kids can emulate and say, wow, if I can shoot, I can be like Steph. And on top of that too, he's one of the greatest teammates we've ever seen. He has a lot of Dwayne Wade in him, allowing Durant to come there and let Durant kind of run the show for a few years because he was comfortable enough in his standing where that was his franchise, right? You give credit to clay and Draymond, of course, as well. But, that had to be that had to be okay with Steph for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I think I'd like to say that that Dwayne Wade has a lot of Steph in him because Steph I think is so much better than Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade also got hurt, and that's the reason why they deferred to LeBron. I mean, listen, I'll I'll give it to him, but Steph's even better, and what he did was I think even more incredible with Durant. Um, but yeah, I mean. And the other thing is if you look back at these finals runs, Steph played a different part in every single one. I mean at the you know the first first finals when it was early warriors he he was a distributor a scorer you know there was more of a big three. Clay was obviously at the time a better player because he's you know still recovering from an injury now. And then you look at the other two finals, he defers to KD and whatnot and scores when he needs to and then this this year they needed him to be the primary scorer and the primary facilitator. And he was able to do that. I just think that adds to his greatness.
1: Can I ask you a question while we're just loving on Steph here that maybe we can, you know, if somebody were to challenge us with it, we can at least bring up the topic is, you know, he was part of the team that choked away that three, one lead in 2016. And they had the best record of all time, regular season, but weren't able to seal the deal against Cleveland. We give LeBron a lot of credit for that, but you know, people who do hate on Steph a little bit could say, okay, all these great things, they're true. But he was really bad in that game seven, Tom, against Cleveland at home in
0: 2016. I mean, he was, and, you know, I guess you could say that. And if he lost the finals, that game, what was it, five? No, it was game four where he had the stinker. I guess you would have been able to point to that. But, I mean, that's – This series? Yes, this series. No, it was game five. Yeah. game five no it was, it was game yeah it was game 5 they still won the game so and we're yeah. never even going to talk about that again after this podcast because it's just a moment in history that's going to go away because they won the finals and he won the mvp but i guess you can say that that's the only stain on on a top 10 resume that's uh, sure if somebody wants to argue that i'll give it to him but i'm going to continue the argument with a million facts that point to the other direction right
1: Oh, no, sure. I was just saying it's something that we don't talk about, and every other great player, top 10 player, has had a blemish on their on their resume. Of course, yeah, I, I mean Steph gets talked. I don't think that series gets talked about enough, and it's just being fair. Obviously, of you course. And I are on the same page with the love for Steph.
0: I mean, yeah, you go back to all the greats. I mean, Jordan. It took him took him a long time till he decided to facilitate to beat to win those six finals. Magic Johnson. You had the tragic Johnson. LeBron. I can point to the 2011 finals. All these greats had something. Even the greatest player of all time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's why I just wanted to bring it up. because The only
0: player that I, I, truly, so. I truly feel does not have a blemish on their resume off the top of my head is Bill Russell.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he beat Will, what, 11 times?
0: Just a consummate winner. The, probably the greatest winner in the history of sports.
1: Yeah, he's right, he's right up there along with some of those like Yogi Berra. baseball players. Yeah, those Yankee players from, like, the 40s and 50s. But, yeah, man, absolutely. Um, just wanted to throw that in there because I think it is fair. But, again, how does he rebound from that, right? Like, okay, yeah, really obviously helps getting Durant. But if he didn't recruit Durant, Durant never goes to Golden State. And maybe Steph doesn't end up having that success. And whether he was the driving force or he was a passenger, however talking heads want to phrase his role on some of these teams, it's been undeniably his team. And in an era where so many players and, you know, I don't knock any of them for going to a lot of different places and a lot of different organizations to find what they want in their basketball careers. Golden State and Steph Curry are as simpatico as Bill Russell in Boston and Michael Jordan in Chicago and Magic Johnson in LA, Larry Bird in Boston. Like it's it's hit that it's hit that point, and it really is so cool when we don't see that happening all that much anymore. Even Dwayne Wade left Miami.
0: Yep, he's just as simpatico as LeBron leaving the absolute cupboard bear on every team he's ever gone to. Sorry, had to take a <laughs> shot at the second greatest player of all time. There you um, go. Yeah, just to, just to put a bow on the Warriors because we got to give them their flowers is, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, they could have traded a bunch of guys for, for an extra player had they lost the finals. All that goes to bed. I mean, now we can just say that the owner, Lacob, and the general manager who doesn't get enough credit, Bob Myers, I mean, what a job they've done building just – the closest thing to a dynasty that we've seen since what the 2000s early lakers
1: yeah again i i kind of put this run in that spurs. in that spurs category more so than than the bulls or the lakers cuz we're we're not getting three peats but they were in four four consecutive finals
0: yeah Steph's and in six so i think it was five consecutive yeah cuz they lost to they lost to toronto to, to kind of book that run
1: Right, yeah, they beat Cleveland once, and then lost to, and then they beat or then they lost to Toronto, and then they had the few years, and now back yep. here against Boston. So beat Cleveland, yeah, I, lost
0: to Cleveland, beat Cleveland, beat Cleveland, right? Yep. Something like lost that. Lost to
1: yeah. Toronto, yeah, and then bottomed out, and now they're here. Um, I think what's the most exciting thing is if you are a Warriors fan. This team's probably not going anywhere because again, look at the young talent that they have. You've got Wiseman, who I don't know what anybody really has on him, but I think he's still a really good player and he's, he's just gonna hurt. have his moment there and he's been hurt. And then you've got Moody and we've saw a lot of Kaminga this year, who's a really exciting player. They're always gonna spend the money. They've spent more money than any team in the NBA on assets and players. And you know for a fact that if there's deals that need to be worked out, some of those guys like Draymond and Clay and Steph will probably acquiesce to make sure that that team stays good for a long time. I don't think they're going anywhere. Are they going to be a championship team every year? That I don't know. But yeah. are they going to be heard from every year? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And talking about windows, because we're going to talk about the losing team on the, si- on the other side of the finals, I think – Another thing that was really important that they got the championship this year was that this window, although they're going to be contenders, this was their best opportunity to win a finals with a very odd Suns run that they should have been at least in the Western Conference finals. We COVID there, we don't know what the hell happened. Chris Paul forgot, again, how to play basketball. You got Denver, who loses Porter Jr., and Murray has been out seemingly the entire year. They're going to be a lot better. And then you look at a team like Memphis, they're just going to get a little bit better every year because of how young they are. So it, it was important that they won the title this year because it's, I, I think the West is going to be a little more stout over the next couple of years.
1: I totally agree with you. And by the way, I didn't even mention obviously why uh, wiggins and pool when i was going through the young guys that the golden state obviously has um i was talking about more non-contributors to this run but yeah and tom let's not forget the clippers are kind of a dark horse true you know if they get back a healthy Kawhi, you've got paul george is there another move they have they were kind of sneaky good this year with no real expectations what's utah gonna do the lakers can they possibly be as bad (laughs) this year i don't even last year i I know but i I think you you have to i guess yeah i think it's still fair to say i mean is there a world in which they're as bad as last year i don't know but you're right to your to your credit uh the west is going to be a lot better and, and i guess do you want to flip over to boston yeah i mean this was probably we're going to look back if they don't end up capturing a championship or get back to a championship and say wow they really missed out
0: yeah and they missed out because their best player just i hate to say it just completely folded in the finals and I think Tatum's to be heard from. I think he's going to be, you know, a top 10 player in the NBA for a long time. I I think this is just a speed bump, and I do think at some point the Celtics go ahead and get that title. They just have too much talent on that team. Robert Williams was insane this finals, even with a dinged-up knee. Um, Jalen Brown, even in game whatever that was, game six had 34. He's a great player. Um, But, I mean, all roads lead to Tatum on this one. Uh, He just... He looked defeated in these last couple games, uh, maybe he was hurt I don't know because he just he forgot how to shoot he's avoiding contact when he goes to, goes to the basket instead of just going into somebody's body for a layup he's taking wild shots and in game six especially he goes from you know just airballing and missing to just completely shutting down and deferring
1: yeah the aggressiveness was completely. Was completely gone by the end of the series. He had a really good game one, a nice performance in game three, and that was basically it. Got to be honest,
0: I think Alpha. I think uh, between Draymond and Looney giving him good defense when he had to, and then especially Wiggins, who I can't give enough credit to. I, I just think that they broke him, which is incredible. Which is really interesting because he went up against Giannis and Kevin Durant in the first couple rounds, and just literally played better than them, outplayed them, and Jimmy too, as well in the third round. And, And then you go up against this Warriors team for six games and they just broke them down more and more every single game. It was really interesting to see how, I mean, all the credit got to go to the coaching staff there as well, just figuring out a way to Like, I mean, he, you know, there's a difference between slowing a player down and he's still going to get his buckets like he did to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant still had a halfway decent series, but they shut him down. They didn't just slow him down. They, They completely eliminated him from the game.
1: Well, yeah, and I think part of that, too, is not just the physical standpoint. They they, they they made him doubt himself for the first time in this postseason run. I mean, Tom, he had 100 turnovers in this postseason, which by far set an NBA record. And I know there's more rounds now than there used to be, and there's more opportunity for, for failure and turnovers and all that. Are they all on him? I don't know. I didn't watch all 100. But that number is very, as very glaring, Uh especially when you don't perform well when your team needs you the most at home in a game six when he's been the alpha. um, I think that this is going to be the blemish on his career. We look back and we say, okay, you know, especially if he wins one or two, this was what he needed, like the tragic Johnson, like the Jordan failures, like the LeBron. But I will push back on you a little bit when you said they certainly have the talent to get back here. I think when you constantly look at those two players, they do. But the supporting cast does need to get a lot better. Is Al Horford, at age 37 next year, going to duplicate what he did this year? Remember, he didn't play in 2020, 2021. So I don't know what he's going to be. Marcus smart. What's his future? They need a real point guard, I think. And Robert Williams is as defensively gifted as he is. He's not much of an offensive threat. So I do think there's some holes on this team. They went the distance to give them all the credit that, that they deserve for knocking off those teams like Brooklyn, um, milwaukee and miami but let's say brooklyn was in complete chaos and turmoil the the bucks didn't have middleton and Mil- and miami was just absolutely banged up by the end of that run not taking anything away from boston but you need a lot of things to break right they did break right for for boston are we expected with their roster and with the landscape of the east that they're just a sure thing to get
0: back i agree with you i agree with you completely i think I do think that they have a trade exception. I think that they need to get another another scorer, playmaker in there. Derek White, nice player. They gave up a lot for him, but he shuddered towards the end there. He was one of the big reasons why they were there in the first place, so give him credit where credit's due, but they need a better player. And Derek White's nice off the bench, but they need another starter uh, that's, that's able to put the ball in the basket and, and set some other guys up because – Jalen Brown is not much of a facilitator. He's kind of an ISO score and Tatum's. I, I mean, Smart makes some bad decisions when it comes down to crunch time. So Tatum's really your only playmaker. You need somebody else to take the, the pressure off him. And you're right. I mean, if, if Middleton doesn't get hurt, I think we're talking about Bucks versus Warriors. I don't know the outcome of that series. The way Steph was playing, I still think the Warriors get the dub. But, I mean, the other person we got to congratulate is you, Sean. Hell of a call. I think this puts Kirk Cousins to bed. I don't even know if I should be, <laughs> I don't think I should be allowed to mention Kirk Cousins anymore. I probably will forget this statement that I just made and still mention him when I need to shit on you a little bit and knock you down a few pegs, but of great course. call by you, buddy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, occasionally you get one right when you're on year five of this podcast or year four, whatever the hell it is. Uh, but it's definitely you know one of those things where you just look at the beginning of the year and you have some you have some good conviction and I will at least humble myself a little bit. You know, I, I was, I did have that stretch there where I was favoring Memphis and I thought Memphis was going to be the team to upset golden state, but I, I had to ride with the pick I made in the beginning of the year. I, I was, I was shocked that they continued to go, but it really just, it was a Steph thing, man. It was a Steph thing above anything else and, and a Steve Kerr coaching thing. That's just where I know when teams are, battle tested there it is you know like they're they're the team that you want to ride with throughout the ebbs and flows of the season
0: no doubt about it um anything else on the nba i mean the, the draft is i don't even know like a week away Thursday. something like that yeah yeah less than a week away um it's gonna be interesting to see what goes on there i expect the Knicks to screw it up um
1: do they trade up do you think
0: I'm interested to see, I mean, they have a few picks to give up and, and this is, they're, they're kind of outside of, you know, the, the, I guess, potential superstar slot pick. Um, and they don't really do well with these late lottery picks. I mean, on Phillips pod, we kind of relapsed their, their history and recapped it there. I mean, me, if it was me, I would just let Mitchell Robinson walk and take one of the centers, but I'm not running the Knicks. Maybe I should, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know there there has been talk about them tr- trying to get up as high to, as four to the to, to Sacramento Kings for Jay- They want Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, and of course they do. Uh, and a lot of teams believe that Sacramento doesn't want to make that pick and that they want to recoup some assets. So we'll see what the Knicks have to offer. Well, listen, as, as Sacramento. As
0: Sacramento, I mean, you can't shit on Minnesota too bad, even though they did give up Wiggins for. D'Angelo Russell, and that looks really, really bad right now, but Minnesota Minnesota looks pretty damn good with Anthony Edwards, so I guess you could say Sacramento is the dumbest team in the league right now, probably, so if the Knicks can be not the, I'd say, third dumbest team in the league and take advantage of Sacramento, I'd be happy about that.
1: Minnesota also shouldn't get shot on for Wiggins. Wiggins is not this player in Minnesota. They had long enough with him to identify that, so the trade looks bad, but you know, Wiggins' career, going to Golden State, that's different than him staying in Minnesota, I believe. Uh, it's but, yeah, crazy. we'll see what
0: happens. It's crazy how one team can change everything because Wiggins goes from, you know, dwindling away in the league pretty much, a nice player or whatever, if you're playing fantasy basketball, he's going to be, you know, owned in 90% of leagues or whatever to a guy that if he keeps playing like this for the next five, six years, he's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is crazy. So I don't want to shit on Minnesota too much for that, but Sacramento is dumb as rocks. That's the bonus trade has not really worked out. I know he's played well, but you know you're you're committing to De'Aaron Fox. I like De'Aaron Fox. I would like him for your Knicks. I've always been a De'Aaron Fox fan, but I would much rather have Halliburton uh, as my cornerstone point guard than De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. You I would know, also much get...
0: rather have Ivy on a cheaper deal than younger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, especially if you're a team that's not going anywhere. So we'll see what ends up happening. I I think there's going to be a lot of trades, as there often is on draft day or around draft day. We've seen a few trades already. Uh, But one thing I found very interesting, Tom, as we head to the draft, was Kenny Atkinson on our last pod. I congratulated him on taking the Hornets job. I thought he would do a great job there with that team. But I guess... You know, He wanted to back out, and he loves being in Golden State. And with Mike Brown departing, he's now going to be Steve Kerr's lead assistant and maybe hold out for a better job in another year. Were you surprised to see that news? Because I certainly was.
0: I was surprised to see that only because how many teams are there in the NBA? You know, 30 of them? Yep. So that means there's only 30 jobs. But uh, I think if you're in that Golden State infrastructure – He probably looked at it and said there's going to be better opportunities out there at the end of the day. The team's with more money to spend, and no offense to the greatest player of all time, he's not the greatest owner of all time. There's better ownership out there as well.
1: Absolutely. So what was reported yesterday that Terry Stotts, the former head coach of uh, Portland, and Mike D'Antoni were the two other finalists for the job, Uh, do you see either of those now being his default fallback, or does he end up going another route? Bless you, by the way.
0: Thank you. I tried to cover up that sneeze, but this mic just picks up picks me up way too it. well. Um, sorry for the wind chimes in the background. I keep hearing them. Um, I, I yeah, I think he's probably going to lean towards D'Antoni. I just think he's he's probably salivating over this Lamelo guy. Yeah,
1: D'Antoni Dan having his hands on Lamelo for. That'd be Sorry, fun. Little, that would be a lot of he's fun. gonna and play listen. even
0: less defense than he already does but on the other side of the <laughs> ball it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun
1: there it is and listen that that's what you might want that might be what you need there right and Charlotte make sure you're a top league pass team and hey for all the shit that D'Antoni gets for never winning a title his teams are always really really good so with the yep. exception of a few I know probably with your Knicks and uh obviously in LA um uh, but he's primarily been a really good head coach in this league who's won a lot of games and and that's really what an organization like Charlotte needs. So we'll see which route they end up going. Uh but Tom, the basketball talk is not going to really end because we've got the draft Thursday which we will either do a pre-draft pod this week to talk about some prospects we're most excited by and and potential deals that get done and then obviously we're about 10, 12 days away from the beginning of free agency, which I know should be a very active time for both of our teams and across the league.
0: Yeah, uh, NBA free agency is always a frenzy. Not quite like hockey where it seems like it's it's all said and done in, in 10 minutes, but it is pretty quick. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, Levine and then a lot of the – I mean, they said he was going to re-sign in Chicago, but we'll see about that. Aiton, we'll see how that goes. He's probably going to get a qualifying offer, and then they're going to have to figure it out. I feel like there's going to be a sign-and-trade involved there because he can't go back to the Suns. And then we're going to have to see about these trades. I mean, Bradley Beal, I think, sticks in Washington, gets his giant bag, and then asks his way out. I'm going to report that here first. Um, All right. But, you know, you got Mitchell, you got Gobert, you got a lot of guys that are kind of unhappy. We'll see how Dame feels out there. And and listen, I said some things on Phillips' pod where I don't know if I want Dame. Listen to a po- couple podcasts, did a little more research, kind of talk myself off the ledge. I'd love Dame.
1: Of course you would. Of course you would. Of course you would. It's it's you're just afraid to get hurt again because you have so many ex, you have so many examples of guys that have come over here for a lot of assets that have not played the way that they did in their prior stop. And I get that, but you know, all it takes is one one changing of that guard to to do everything and, and in today's nba you get a superstar that players want to play with you become a top destination I, i'm fascinated by this Kyrie thing I, I really don't know what the hell's going on uh, if he's gonna do the player option if he's gonna if the nets are gonna give him a, a contract extension on top of that player option or well you
0: saw if he opts out you saw harden harden resign right
1: he didn't re-sign. It sounds like the mori wants to give him wants him to take a three-year deal, but there's been nothing set in stone as to whether he's going to accept that or not.
0: I'm hoping for the Nets' sake they just line him up with KD because I think that's I think that's the best you can do. If you trade him, you're going to get what Jalen Brunson and and maybe a pick out of it, if that. Like you're not going to be able to recoup the talent that you're giving up, and and. For your sake and for New Jersey, New Jersey, they should go back to New Jersey at this point. It's you keep kitchen. saying that I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it. For for Brooklyn's sake, I just think you hold on to the asset and, and you do the best you can. Really,
1: I think you've given them too much power. And listen, it, you're you're got to eventually bank on the thought that you know Kevin Durant is your franchise, and even though he's never asked out of a place before and he signed this extension, he will you know operate however much power he has and say. I signed this extension because a I expected both Harden and Kyrie to resign. Now, if you're telling me I'm by myself and Kyrie's not here, um, I want to rethink about what I want to be in Brooklyn and it would be so nets to have that happen. So I think it's in the best interest of everybody to give Kyrie the deal that lines him up with Durant, as you said, and then you go with, you know, your new big three and, and trust in and hope for the best with Simmons. And they also have a couple of huge trade exceptions to use, uh, um, so we'll see if that you know what that manifests in they don't have much money in free agency but we uh, we'll be talking about it in the coming weeks. Tom right now, I don't even know what to say about the Yankees uh, it's it's really I, I don't I have to pinch myself sometimes because I can't believe I'm sitting in a time where I'm just like I'm numb from winning yeah this team is 49 and 16 on another nine-game winning streak. They've won 17 of 18 games. They go for a sweep today against the Blue Jays in Canada. They just swept they the Rays. Yesterday. They just swept the Rays. They're 12 games up on Toronto, 13 up on Tampa in the AL East. This is – I don't know what to say. Do you have words? Because I'm obviously struggling here.
0: I don't. That's that's like a best team in the NBA through through basically the All-Star breaks record. Like, that's insane that a baseball team is pulling that off. I I mean I, I legitimately don't have words. Every every gripe that we've had with this team, they seem to they seem to rebuttal us and I mean You said it on our last pod. Like this is going to be. This is going to be. All the critics are saying this is going to be the real test. The Yankees have done a good job winning. Who was in front of them? But you know, it was a lot of Baltimore. It was a lot of bad NL teams. It was a lot of just a lot of bad teams tucked in there that we're really going to find out about the Yankees. Well, right now, what between between Toronto and Tampa Bay? Thus far, they're five and zero.
1: Right, and you know it starts to make you think about. These teams that they're saying are the real test, you know. I don't know if is very good. Now they're very injured right now. Wander Frank goes out, their bullpen is an absolute shambles. They've had some injuries to their rotation. Baz is finally back. But you know, you look at that series, they beat McClanahan on two home runs, one by the MVP and judge, and Higgy goes deep for a three-run shot. And then they win the game the other night in extra inning or in the bottom of the ninth when Luis Severino you know, gets sick. He didn't test positive for COVID. He's starting today, but he's out and they have to make an emergency start with Clark Schmidt. He pitches three dominant innings. They signed Ryan Weber out of Scranton to a minor, to a major league contract. He gives you three and a third of one run ball. Michael King slams the door. And then your boy Rizzo. I mean, what can you say about him? He's just been, he's
0: I can been say that I'm a genius.
1: You, you can say that you're a genius. Okay. So we'll compliment each other. You, you complimented me on my warriors pick your prognostication on the addition of Rizzo last year. And it's just been, it's been incredible to watch him play first base every day for the Yankees.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, Yeah. He's, I mean, he's the most comfortable I have felt at first base since the early years of Tex. Yep. And, And I think that's a very big compliment because he saves a million outs and I guess runs with his defense. And then he always comes up with the big hit.
1: I think he's, he's an all star this year. Oh, he is, and then he hits that grand slam to cap off an eight run fourth fifth inning against Toronto on Friday night. Um, after Stanton and Mayhew went deep, like this what, team can beat can you, you in say? so many ways.
0: I mean, listen, Gallo. We, we don't have to talk about Gallo and Hicks anymore because we know they suck.
1: But even but, Hicks yesterday, Hicks has the big three run double that yeah. clears the bases against Manoa. I know that's rare, but we got to give him his props when he does come through.
0: Agreed agreed but I mean it just seems like everything that Cashman and his team touches turns to gold I mean you talked about them bringing up what's his name Webb uh, from the Weber, yeah. Weber from the from the minor leagues and, and he goes three three and a quarter or whatever of one run ball every every move they make turns to gold right now and I honestly have nothing we'll talk about the ba- we'll talk about the bad on the Yankees when they start to do bad how about that we're at that point right now. I'm not going to jump for joy. I'm not going to put the ring on my finger because we're still tempering expectations. But right now, I can't say a single bad thing about the Yankees because that would just me be that would just be me being a miserable asshole. Probably closer to a Mets fan <laughs> fan.
1: Well, here's what's incredible about you know you mentioned if they the scenario in which they play badly. Let's say that this afternoon they lose to Toronto. That means they took two of three. Let's say then they split, um, or they, they let's say they split these next eight games, the game today and then the three with Tampa and the four with Houston. Let's say they go four and four. Okay, that would mean they're 53 and 20. <laughs>
0: like, it's, Not much you can say there. Huh? Them,
1: that's probably them playing badly. You know? that's, that's probably their version of playing badly because, as I said on our last pod, and you you just pointed out again how many bad teams there are after this stretch of games with Tampa and Houston they're back to playing some bad baseball teams there's so many of them out there they got Oakland coming in after the Houston series that's probably a sweep like they're never going to be in a position where they're losing 6 of 10 7 of 9 And primarily, Tom, because unlike years past, they can beat you in so many ways. They can beat you with the long ball. They can manufacture runs now. They put the bat on the ball. Their pitching, both starting and relieving, has just been dominant, even without little Isaac Chapman and and Chad Green now done for the year. You know, they beat you with defense. They beat you by working counts. This team is just all over the place. And like you said, their defense is so much better. So it's... I don't see a way in which this team goes on a drastic slide because they're just too good.
0: No doubt about it. I mean there's a few teams in the MLB that are that are in their class and that's it. I'd say maybe the team we're about to talk about and the crosstown rival Mets and then I don't know, probably Houston. Houston, Houston and the Dodgers. Dodgers are 40 and 24. And I I think you got to throw the Padres in there too. They're forty-one yeah, and twenty-six, but aside from that, I mean, yeah,
1: Houston's forty and twenty-five. I mean, that's that's really good.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, but aside, that's it, really. I mean, I'm just taking a gander at the standings now. Everything else, every other, every other division is pretty wide open. I mean, Minnesota's starting to pull away, but they could go on a slide with a couple injuries. White Sox are fucking. They got is if LaRusse is not fired yet. Get come on, man.
1: No, they're horrible.
0: Yeah, they're horrible. And they have so much talent. It's just unbelievable. I mean, and then the Cardinals and the Brewers are fighting it out. So, really, it's the Dodgers, Padres, and, and Houston that, and the Mets that I would even put in their class.
1: Yeah, I, I would probably say the Mets are the second team. Uh, so, why don't we transition over there to the, to the Crosstown Rival Mets? You know, I know the Braves were kind of hot and heavy down their necks there for a bit. They went on a 14-game winning streak. They've now split with Chicago. But during that time, you know, Tom, this is what's different about this Mets team. I think they went six and six during that stretch. In years past, they were probably two and ten, right? So to go they're six winning. And six,
0: I mean, we said it all year about the Mets and the Yankees. They're they're winning games that last year they would have blown. I mean, the four to five game on Thursday, they 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 really stuck that one out. And then you know all these all the close games that they would have lost because of their bullpen. They're figuring out a way to win. And again, this team. You know, uh, the Yankees are pretty healthy right now, except for Chapman and a few others, but this team is dinged up. They're missing two the two best pitchers in baseball, who are obviously their two best pitchers, and they're still figuring out a way to do it. And we say this yeah, it's every been week. remarkable.
1: Well, that's why I think it's so imperative we continue to talk them up because baseball is such a crazy sport in the sense that one week ago, you feel like you're on top of the world, and then as the Braves continue to never lose – it's Mets not even like the Mets play poorly, but they gain a lot of ground. They're now six and a half back because they've lost a few to the Cubs, and the Mets have taken a few from uh, from the Marlins. But that's a division lead that should feel very comfortable. It's not not just because of the Mets' history, but more so because the Braves are the defending champs. But this Mets team is too good too. I say I'll say the same thing about them as I do about the Yankees. They're they've been tested. They've done their West Coast trips already. They've had their really bad injuries. I don't know what more this team can endure. And when you look at the guys they're going to get back here coming up in the next couple weeks to month, it, they're just going to take from what they've already been doing and expound upon it. And you know that Cohen's making additions in that bullpen come come the deadline.
0: No doubt about it. And, it, you know, the, MLB, the, the bottom of the barrel of the MLB is so bad that I just think you said it. You've you've probably said it for the past month. I mean, the Yankees and the Mets are playing so well right now that even if they do have somewhat of a collapse, worst case scenario, they're going to be a wild card team. Like they are making the playoffs. So I think for both of these teams, you got to look ahead to the trade deadline and and really start thinking about guys. And and me and you last week, we don't have to do it again. We zeroed in on a few guys for both teams.
1: Yeah, and we could do this again, maybe in another you know two weeks, three weeks. Is the deadline still six weeks away? But yeah, I mean, I think both teams kind of know what they need to do, right? The Yankees need to move on from either Hicks or Gallo. You might not be able to get anything for either of them, but just be able to bring somebody in. That's addition by subtraction, man. It is. Yeah. Get somebody who can put the bat on the ball because it really does manifest in some of these games, even though the Yankees win, you know, you have Gallo come up with the bases loaded with one out and he's just not going to get the job done. And those are situations that kill you in the postseason. And for the Mets, you look at their bullpen. They're still, I mean, Drew Smith's had a good year. Obviously you love what Diaz has been, but there's a couple holes in that bullpen that you want to make sure you fortify heading down that stretch run.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, All right. You ready to talk golf, or do we do we have to bring up, and you didn't put this in the notes, so I'm kind of blindsiding you here. Sorry. Um, do we have to talk about Deshaun Watson a little?
1: I didn't want to put it in. It just makes me uncomfortable, but you know what? Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Um, where do you want to start? I'll, well, let you, I'll let you take the wheel here.
0: I mean, I, I don't know how many women it is. It's a lot. Let's just say that, but two more women in a New York Times article um, – reported pretty much the same things and there's also a report that the Texans helped Deshaun Watson out in this situation with non-disclosure agreements um and then you turn around and you look at the Cleveland Browns and and you know the New York Times is doing a hundred million times more research than the Browns did on this trade and you know I Listen, I don't think you and I are, are qualified to talk about the legal standing of Deshaun Watson. Um, I guess we'll go with innocent until proven guilty. But if he is guilty, it's it's many many heinous crimes, and he should never be he should be in jail. Not to mention, never be allowed to play in the NFL again. I don't think we have to say anything else about that part, Sean.
1: No, God, no. I was going to say, we, let's talk about the repercussions football-wise. Yeah, uh, let's look at the football it's not, perspective. It's now irresponsible that I, if we do anything else.
0: Now that I now that I said how we feel about the actual accusations, I, I think it was pretty stern there. I think we're good on that. I mean, this officially becomes, and Simmons said on his pod, a bunch of other podcasts have said it, the worst trade in the history of the NFL by one of the biggest joke franchises in the history of the NFL. I mean, how do you not do any research? And I don't care what his contract looks like if he does get you know, into trouble or whatever. I mean, you still gave up so many assets for this guy. Not to mention you're alienating your fan base, not even caring about how they feel or whatnot. And it's just how do you go after a guy with this looming? And none of it has been solved. Not to mention you guys didn't do any of your own you know, research on this or any digging.
1: Okay, so I want to just rehash what we talked about when this trade was made a couple months ago. Um, it made us feel really disgusting. It made us feel really dirty talking about it from a football sense when you have these men, this many accusations on such a hot-button topic and serious issue being discussed. I'm not going to just throw the Browns into this. I'm going to throw the Falcons and the Saints because they wanted him just as badly as Cleveland did, Cleveland just eventually stepped up to the plate with the fully guaranteed money when the other teams wouldn't go that far. Um, So I just want to make sure that that's talked about too. Um, Let's not completely, uh, you know, let those two teams slide under slide under the radar. Um, And yeah, what, what Houston's being, you know, what they're being criticized for and and charged with as far as being able to facilitate a, a trade and being able to figure out all the legal stuff behind the scenes, It's obviously just as despicable as as the Browns acquiring him. Um, It's just, it's the worst trade ever if obviously everything happens. Roger Goodell has, I think, the weight of the world on his shoulders, which is why he's not just out there making a decision right now. And for everybody that wants him to, let's remember this is a guy that has not had a very great track record making decisions in a very hasty way. So I think the best thing that he's doing, and I'm sure you agree here, Tom, is him taking his sweet old goddamn time and making sure everything comes to the forefront, and he has every piece of evidence he needs to make a decision.
0: Yeah, this isn't a Ray Rice situation where there's a video and, and 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 it's point blank period. Which he obviously screwed that one up, and he Ray Rice should have been kicked out of the league for that. Um, I agree. There, the facts need to be laid out because if somehow he is innocent, it would be catastrophic to Deshaun Watson. I <laughs> It's tough to it's tough to see that side but you know it, it, it's shame on everything it's just disgusting when it, when he goes into these press conferences and stuff and you've got reporters asking how are you feeling and this that and the third these are some major accusations and I just need some better reporters out there to like fucking ask some genuine questions the guys talking about oh yeah I've been out in the community I've been to the movies like are you kidding me the community yeah. loves me blah 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 like, I need some of the dudes that are at the Live Golf Tournament. I sent you that clip. That I need was some great, of these, by the way. I need some of these U.K. reporters that really get down and dirty and don't give a shit about the questions that they have to ask. They're asking the right questions to ask them, because I sent you that video of Ian Poulter basically getting asked, you know, if, if Vladimir Putin started a golf league, <laughs> what would it cost for you to be there? And honestly, that's not that far off. It's the fucking Saudi government. Yeah. These we'll people, talk more I mean, about that
1: in a second, Jesus. but you're right. Yeah, it's, it, it is. And, you know, we don't let we always say, and I think it's fair and this is not just eyewash. Like you don't want to deal in hypotheticals that don't exist, but you know, you've said now on this pod, we want to be, we want Watson to be presented as innocent until proven guilty. Okay. That's fine. That's legal though. In the court of public opinion, I think everybody universally believes that he's guilty of something. How, how far deep does this go? How, um, you know, how perverse is it? How, how terrible is it? I don't know. What is the degree? How, what's the number? It, it, in the court of public opinion, he is guilty of something really heinous. And yeah, at least I mean, nothing else, just being a really disgusting dude. Um,
0: I think in but, the court of public opinion, when there's smoke, there's fire, and, and we're choking right. on the smoke right now. So. We're choking
1: on the smoke, yeah. Nice analogy there. That was well done. Um, totally agree. It's, it's, it's not something I really want to talk about in the sense because nothing's happened yet, but I do think from the pure football standpoint, you have to look at a team like Cleveland. You have to look at a team like Atlanta and New Orleans who really did throw their— every asset they could into this. And obviously what Houston is accused of doing to help make this happen and having him on their books.
0: I knew they had something to do with it at the beginning. I was like, maybe Houston leaked this story and it's made up, which was, you know, just one of my initial thoughts. I think it was a natural thought. And then uh, I just, I knew they were involved somehow. They just can't not be when there's, I believe I don't quote me on this 26. Now with the two in the New York times accusations of this happening.
1: I think the New York Times said as much as 66.
0: Wow. Well, Total. And all and all, stories from all of these women are, are very um, I guess they're all along the same lines. They're very similar. All the stories yeah. of, of how of what happens. And the
1: pattern of behavior is very consistent with all these stories. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I was looking for, for a line like that. Good job. Um, Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, buddy. I love you, man. Um,
1: <laughs> I love you too, bud. I love you too. You sound so good on the new mic.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just you know, and I want to get off this topic so badly, as you can tell. It's just something that you know, if we're going to do this, we need to we need to say it. You know what I mean? We can't just no.
1: And I appreciate it,
0: but I mean, and I, it's so tough because it's like, do you and I even want to talk about it further from a football perspective? I think it's shame on all those teams that were involved, especially shame on the Browns, and if they have to somehow pay out this uh, this um what is it fully fully guaranteed contract then yeah good it should fucking handcuff your team for the next i don't know how many years they gave it to him probably six or something like that it should ruin your team's cap you you should have to have uh you know case keenum as your quarterback because you can't afford anybody else and you guys should toil and bullshit for however many years
1: it's the insidious nature of the nfl and why people who don't like the nfl really stand their ground and i guess i I
0: swear it it gets harder as i feel like the country or some parts of the country gets more and more understanding on certain topics every year and more and more quote-unquote woke even though i fucking hate that word it seems like the nfl goes backwards every year
1: well, I think the NFL and again this is capitalism at its at its apex, right? Like you and I I think do a really good job of making sure that we touch on every aspect of a certain topic whether it's comfortable or not. And we obviously will not just jump into something I didn't bring it up. I didn't put it on the show notes. You felt convicted enough to bring it up. And here we are, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation because you felt comfortable enough to discuss it, which I give you a lot of credit for. I'm just kind of taking, you know, that passenger seat with you. But at the end of the day, this is a sports podcast. This is a sports decision. Deshaun Watson plays quarterback and is supposed to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Now for a long time under the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL, given to a player, that decision after, we've talked about everything else As simple as this. They didn't have to make that trade. They had Baker Mayfield. Now I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan. I understand he's polarizing. You can make a lot of cases why he didn't play great on injury a year ago. At this time, we're talking about how he took a team that was damn near almost good enough to be Kansas city in the divisional round at Arrowhead. Okay, fine. You could have you could have given this guy an extension. You could have re-signed him. You could have let him play out his year on a franchise tag. And for all of Baker's, you know, question marks, character, quote-unquote, it's nothing like this. He's a married man. He's great in the community. All indications he's a very good teammate. Okay, he's a little, you know, stubborn at times. He's a little petulant at times. He's a little bit immature at times. He doesn't take criticism well. Whatever. He's not a bad guy. You had, And you took him with the number one overall pick four years ago. You did not have to do this trade. So to your point, and you said it perfectly, shame on you if you want to go out and damage your reputation that already has never really been a good one at, on the Deshaun Watson trade. And now Baker has to be laughing his ass off saying, oh, yeah, like you expected me to just report to camp and help you guys out while you just threw me under the bus for this guy. Fuck you. I'm not playing trade me or I'm not reporting.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, terrible all around. Just very, very great job by the New York Times digging that up. Uh, really good reporting. Aside from that, terrible. Uh, I think we can move on. We'll
1: see what. Well, yeah, we'll see what Goodell. You know, we've got we're we're about you know just under three months from the start of the season. By week one, you know, probably even by the preseason, we're going to have a ruling here.
0: Yep. All right. You ready to talk some U.S. Open?
1: I know you are. I I am going to be watching a lot today. I admittedly yeah. have not watched any of this tournament yet, but Oof. I have been following the leaderboard. So here we go. I am, here.
0: I am going to be watching on my phone because I will actually, I think, 95% chance I'm going to the Mets game today.
1: Hey, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, my other co-host slash ginger friend is bringing me. You've met him before, Ryan. So. I have. Yeah, um, he's good people. Yeah, he's a good he's guy. He's
1: part of the club. He's part of the ginger club. I can
0: respect him. <laughs> He's part of the no soul club. Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Zalatoris right now tied for the lead. T's off at two forty five. Uh, you know I had a big bet in on him. I cashed it out just because the odds were the odds were just of him winning are just too crazy. But then I put in a bunch of bets for the top five to protect myself and I'm gonna win money no matter what. Again, um God, I'm a fucking sharp. It's unbelievable. You um, are
1: kicking some serious ass
0: right now. I mean, you know, you got to give Fitzpatrick a lot of credit as well. I read a stat that he's uh, he's gone from like 130th in, in length to 40th this season. I think we're going to have to give him a piss test, but he's hitting the shit out of the ball. Uh, you know, I don't like Fitzpatrick. I think he's ugly. He chips cross-handed, but uh, he is number one in strokes gained around the green. Um, so I guess the cross-handed chipping is working. Um He's playing really well and then Zalatoris is just he's playing you he's playing major tournament golf here where when they make the golf courses a lot a lot harder. You just have to be patient. You can't fire at pins because they're in a lot of people like to use this word in golf, diabolical positions. He's hitting the ball at the middle of the green. He's taking his pars where he needs to. He's taking his birdie ops, very few of them, where he needs to. And honestly, he's just playing boring golf, but I'm absolutely loving it. You know he was my pick to win. He's been my pick to win since um, the PGA back at yeah, Southern Hills taking- about two and a half, three weeks ago. So yep. I'm loving it. Um Honestly, my guy, that another guy that you got to watch out for, he finished, I believe, at one under yesterday, um, is John Rahm. I just think he's playing the best golf. He just got a little too aggressive, and the course kind of shoved it back in his face. He was like minus three, minus four yesterday, and then he ended the day at minus one because he had a costly costly bogey and a costly double. Another guy that was really getting after it was Scotty Scheffler, but he ended at minus one, too, and this course is just minus really two. standing up. He's at up. minus two right now. Yep. Yep, he is. I think he was one of your picks. Um good job by you to have him in the top. Um I don't even remember the rest of my foursome. To be honest with you, I'm just excited about uh Zalatoris. Um I I'd have to look back at it. I think I had Dustin Johnson. How's that relationship
1: in there. been with his caddy this weekend? For who? <laughs> Zalatoris.
0: I I think it looks fine, no?
1: It looks fine. I, uh, I followed, uh, whoever was brilliant enough to make the, uh, shooter McGavin avatar. account oh, on yes. Twitter, And, uh, he'll always post that. He is the caddy yes. with his caddy, either with happy Gilmore, either choking out the caddy or dancing yeah. around the hole with the caddy. So there was
0: I think dancing
1: ones yesterday.
0: So I think they're good. doing just fine. Dustin Johnson. I know he was part of my, part of my foursome. He made the cut. Uh, congratulations to your boy, Patrick Cantley on making the cut. Um, it's about My time boy. you did a little something.
1: I know you don't like him.
0: Don't like him. That's a bit of an understatement. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see you at Live Golf. Uh, Max Max is plus eight. I mean, he got off. He was in the top four on on Thursday. I think he finished the day at minus one. He was tied for fourth. Uh, plus one yesterday, plus eight overall. I mean, he's not going to win a tournament with that, but um, can I'm we, happy Can we talk Phil? <laughs> sure. Where the fuck is Phil on this leaderboard?
1: Okay, so he doesn't make the cut. He plays just two absolutely horrendous rounds of golf.
0: Oh, he's very close. He's only a few strokes off of dead fucking last at plus 11.
1: yeah. Yeah. So the interview that he did prior to the U.S. Open, I've never seen him look that, like, captured. It looked like he was a fucking hostage being able to, like, hardly talk about anything. He didn't want to be there. Huh. And I really think that, that honestly, like, that turned into his performance. Like, sure. Certain guys were, like, you know, there were some hecklers of, like, hey, the Celtics are minus three and a half tonight. How do you like them? And, like, shit like that. But, Tom, like, is this is this live thing going to really turn out to just be his death sentence, for lack of a better term? Like, he's just not a guy who – he plays the game so free and easy – and he just doesn't look like he has that joy. He took this money because they're scary motherfuckers over there, his words. I, I mean, the joy, he looked like he had no joy playing in Brookline those first two days.
0: Well, how could you? I mean, listen, a lot of these reporters are straight-up pussies, and they're just going to bow down to Phil. But, I mean, you know you know what's in the air. He knows what he did, and and we've already spoken about it. And, and. I mean, I, I think I think if 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 you ever want to see Phil playing well in in the PGA Tour or these majors again, I think those those days are over. Yeah, I mean, unless That's what I was going to add. Unless somehow, unless somehow, and Phil was. I mean, listen, I know he won the PGA literally last year, which is again one of the most incredible achievements in the history of sports, winning it at 50 years old. Crazy. Um. But I think Phil's done as a competitive golfer. He, he he could have turned it around and been like an, you know, gone into his golden years like like Arnold Palmer or or um, you know Ben Hogan earlier on or Jack, where you know he's always around and and very well respected. But I mean, enjoy live, I guess. What else can you say? I think his days of competitive golf with real competition or over. And he didn't even play well in the, in the live in the Saudi invitational, as no. I you like to call it. I mean, he was like plus plus 10 there too. And that was a joke hitting the giggle course. I mean, but Hey, he got his bag. I hope he enjoys it. But you know, you and I well, have talked, you and I've talked live to, to death. Uh, yeah. Of course he needs it. He's fucking probably close yeah. to broke.
1: He's a degenerate gambler. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And maybe honestly, may, I, I might start a sub stack. Cause you know I'm kind of a sharp now, so if he wants, I I I, I'm you know what I'm not gonna throw him a discount. He's gonna pay full price if he wants it. (laughs) I might not even let him play. He's gonna have to have one of his one of his cronies sign up, and he can take the picks from there. Um, But you know, (laughs) and we talked the live golf thing to death. What else is there to say? The only Nothing. thing I wanted was the truth because I use the analogy that if, if there was a bad company that off, offered me four times the amount of what I'm making right now and I knew they were bad, I, I'd still have to think about it, at least. You know what I mean? In so a real-life situation. But at least I could say, honestly, if it was this situation, it's for the money. And at yeah. le- and I have to give Bryson a little bit of credit. I, I read I read and I watched his quote when he was interviewed uh, early on during the practice rounds and he said it's a financial decision I get to make more money and play less golf and, and be with yeah and do things that are more important to me and, and hey make more money and work less that's that sounds pretty good to me but the only thing that pissed me off was when he said you know whatever I, I've spoken to the Saudis and from whatever I've heard it, it sounds great okay
1: yeah you can't talk you can't say that that's, and those are that's... the kind of things that are just so stupid and ill-advised to say.
0: Yeah, and that's the only thing that pissed me off, and I and and I I feel like he, that's their that's their go to line. I think it's switch from grow the game to it was a business decision. Bryson being one of the first to say that, and then he then they're all just gonna go with the line. Oh well, we've spoken to them. Okay, yeah. you know I spoke to Ted Bundy. He said he's cleaned up his act.
1: Right, right. You know it's it's interesting because I, I have a friend who um who uh, worked at Smith and Weston, the, uh, the gun company, for a little bit. She's in the accounting department, uh, so she's in finance. And she took the job a couple Sounds years ago. Sounds like a ago. Texan. No, not here, not in Texas. They wow. were in Springfield, Springfield, Mass. Oh, okay. Um, and she was, you know, looking for a job, and she had graduated from school and UConn grad, you know, shout out. And she was oh, like, uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily feel great about the company itself, but I needed a good job. They paid me well. I was able to, you know, afford my own place. And uh, you know, as these as everything has happened over the last week weeks, couple months, yeah, she put in her two weeks resignation. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying most recently, and she put in her res- two weeks, and she's like, you know what? I just I have a real moral issue taking my paycheck from a company that supports or that's not doing anything about gun safety. Uh, while all these terrible things are happening I gave her so much credit because I'm like that's yeah. not an easy decision she's she's 20, she's 27 years old you know it's a career she was getting paid decent money it's not like she's making or manufacturing the weapon she's in the accounting department but it was a decision that she's just like I can't tell friends and family proudly of who I work for so I'm going to give my resignation and she found another job good, good job for her uh, but I, I gave her so much credit because that's not an easy, we all would like to say that that's the thing we would do right but in a circumstance when you're you have to play out with your future and what you're doing right now. And, and to make that decision, I thought it was really cool. So shout out to her, because as we deal with these moral issues in sports, uh, we're not seeing people make the most, you know, righteous decisions, but you know, like you said, DeChambeau said that doing this as a financial decision, you didn't have to say the last part. And uh, you know, it's, it's something we all know you're doing it for the money. That's great. But you know, how much, how much is that on your conscience? How much is that on, on, you know, how you're going to be publicly received? Uh, These guys have to wear that and deal with that now for the rest of their careers.
0: Absolutely. No doubt about it. And I mean, like your friend, your friend, congratulations to her on getting the new job. I mean, I would have, if she just said it, like she said, I needed a job and, and they offered me the best opportunity respect. And now that she, now that she, feels that she can't work there anymore because of her moral issues. Respect to that too. But I just respect the honesty.
1: Yeah. And that's what she said. She was like, it, it's no longer, she she had a moral dilemma with it even in the beginning. But, but she, she, needed she needed the, the money.
0: And yeah. yeah and, that, and I totally respect that. It's not like, because if your friend had turned around and said, well, you know, they're donating a lot of this money to charity and, and I, I don't really feel that way. And, and you know, the whatever amendment and blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, okay, fuck off. You need a job. Honest, that's that's all I need. And and that last line where oh I've spoken to them. Who have you spoken to aside from right. from somebody that works at Live Golf? That's probably American or someone from the EU that is offering you money. You haven't spoken to somebody in the Saudi government. They wouldn't even let that happen. You're a fucking liar.
1: Yeah. Did you speak to the the party that helped kill the West, The Washington Post journalist. Like I don't think so.
0: Or yeah. Or the or the people that you know torture gay people or or don't let women literally do anything
1: right yeah those people are not who you're doing business with
0: no not at all so i mean that that is what it is back to the u.s open which couldn't have come at a better time on the heels of this first live golf tournament it's been great i mean this course looks different from pretty much any other course it's very very new england you're seeing the the rocks sticking out mm-hmm. and whatnot, and just a lot of blind shots. I dealt with a lot of blind shots yesterday, and I did not deal with them well. <laughs> um, and you know the the guys that are patient are the ones are the ones that are sitting right there. And yeah, honestly, my feeling right now is Rom goes out and takes this.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you if Zalatoris finally finally closes the door, but
0: you're saying well, let's not say Zalatoris finally, as if he's been in the he won he was a rookie last year, he won PGA Tour rookie of the year. Let's not let's not make it sound like he's Phil, and when he didn't win okay, a major five, until 33, five. you know, I gotta I gotta defend my boy Willie Z here. He's only 25 years old, Listen, just out I get of it, But he's ha- he's,
1: ha- he's 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 had it. He's been the, knocking
0: on the door. Had,
1: yeah, he's had it in the bank before, and he didn't close the deal. I'm not saying that it's been a 20 year run, but. You know it'd be nice to see him actually take it and win it
0: it would I'd be really happy even though I cash out that bet I'd still be happy about it but i I think rom's gonna go out there and and grab this tournament by the throat
1: well, I'll be watching uh in addition to Yankee baseball this afternoon sounds like you'll be out at city field enjoying yourself
0: yeah as long as uh as long as Ryan doesn't just come up and and tell me he's i don't know maybe he went out last night i I don't know but,
1: well fucking get your shit together, man. Come
0: on. Yeah. Well we're we're gonna see. I, I probably gotta leave within the next you know hour and a half. So we better get this we better get this thing wrapped up.
1: All right. Well on that note, let's wrap up this podcast. Tom, it was a good one. Once again, happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Juneteenth to everybody. Um, second year of that is a federal holiday. It's been yes. about goddamn. Time. You off tomorrow? I am not off tomorrow, unfortunately. Nor am I. Nor am I. I was, I was hoping that I would. Come on, place of employment. You know, let's let's do a little bit better job here. Um, but that's okay. Um, either way, it's it's great that it's finally getting the recognition. It, it's long deserved. And, uh, Tom, we got a good week ahead. More Yankee baseball. We've got the NBA draft. Um, and we'll see what continues to, to happen in the world of golf as we wrap up the, the, uh, the U.S. Open today.
0: Yes, sir. We'll be on a little bit later in the week to talk about... Our final NBA, our first and final NBA draft preview, and uh, and then we'll be moving on on to NBA free agency, and then following that, it's going to be slow until football.
1: That's it. And uh, did you want to give the plug to Mike Phillips's podcast and that where you can hear us? Oh talk yeah, about we
0: NBA we did draft one. And what day was that? I don't I don't even remember. That was Tuesday. Tuesday night, we did one on uh, Just Send the Suffering. That's Mike Phillips' pod. Uh, we talked. We, re, we recapped the league a little bit, and uh, we talked NBA draft. I don't even know when that comes out because he said it's going to come out after the season. Um, but when it does come out, just take a look at Sorry Sports at the Twitter profile. Um, and we will retweet it and also check it out I put a couple picks out there lately um, I did not put out the big parlay that I cashed in on game six I'm sorry for everyone for that but I'll try and be better about getting those picks out there until I open up the sub stack then you're gonna have to pay
1: we'll be waiting all right Tom everybody thanks for listening Tom great job by you love the new mic we'll talk to you again soon
0: yes sir everybody have a good one